stay close to the class you have now, invest in people along the way. I think leaders that invest in people are the ones who have the biggest impact. When you graduate and head out into the world, you again have to consciously make the decision to share your own humanity and actually take that time to discover someone else's as well. And that doesn't happen by accident, right? It, it has to be a really conscious decision. Are you ready? Welcome to Working for the Weekend, a podcast about the everyday hustle to one day hopefully enjoy a weekend. I'm Mala Mustafa, and every episode I'm joined by a group of my MBA classmates to discuss the delicate balancing act that a part-time MBA entails. We're living through strange times given the COVID-19 pandemic and are tuning into this episode virtually. That's right. None of us are sitting in the same room, but we're hoping you, our listeners, are unable to sense the difference. Today, I've invited graduates from the class of 2019 to join us for the final episode of this season's Working for the Weekend, the last one that I will be hosting as I pass it on to Siraj and the class of 2021. Welcome back, Emma and Ben. Hope you're staying healthy and safe. Thank you. So glad to be here. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Before we get to our discussion, though, if you want to get in touch with us, Suraj and I love hearing from you. If you want to get in touch with a question or comment, you can reach us via email at weekendpod at umich.edu. That's weekendpod at umich.edu. Also, if you've been listening to our show and are enjoying it, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Whether it's five stars or a written comment, your reviews really help other people find the show. So leave us a review. Okay, let's jump right in. Why don't we go around the room and have each of you briefly introduce yourselves and what you did prior to the MBA and what you've been doing since the MBA. Let's start with Ben. Sure. So glad to be here. Uh, like you said, my name is Ben Battaglia. I currently live in Indianapolis, Indiana, but hail from Chicagoland in Illinois. Uh, before the MBA, I was working in the world of nonprofit. Um, it was a nonprofit mentoring organization, one of the largest nonprofits in the U.S. And uh, moving to get my MBA was really kind of my pivot out of the nonprofit sector into the world of tech. So um, one of the benefits of the weekend program is that I was able to start a tech job right away um, and kind of get my feet wet while I was learning at Michigan. So um, right now, I'm the director of marketing at Lessonly, which sells training software for teams. And um, we just raised our Series C funding round. And so um, it's been a, a really exciting ride to be able to graduate from the MBA and step into a director of marketing role at a growing and exciting tech company. Very cool. All right. And I am Emma Barrasso. Before the MBA, I was uh, doing quite a variety of things. So I had started as an engineer in the defense industry, um, first at Raytheon and then a startup company that was making surveillance blimps for the army. But I knew I wanted to get more towards the business side of things. So I ended up in a really neat marketing role and strategy role at a company that was making transmissions for riding lawnmowers. So Fascinating. The work, I know, right? 
the uh, the work itself was far more fascinating than the product, I must say. Um, and then after the MBA, I am currently living in Toledo, Ohio. Amazingly enough, literally less than an hour away from Ann Arbor, which was not my plan originally. Um, working at a company called Owens Corning, they make building materials. I'm in the roofing business specifically, doing a lot of strategy work. So I help craft and execute strategy and also coach teams on their ability to craft and, and execute strategy to be able to achieve um, as much organic growth as possible. So it's a really neat role. And Suraj, do you want to give us a glimpse into what you did prior to pursuing your MBA? Sure. Thanks, Mom. Uh So I actually was on a pretty similar path to Ben, it seems. Uh, so I started my career in healthcare, but I ended up moving into Logan Square in Chicago and worked in the nonprofit sector uh, for a nonprofit that connected volunteer tutors with children from underprivileged backgrounds. Um, came into Ross, and I'm now pivoting into consulting, not tech. So a little deviation there, but pretty similar path. Um, and my internship is actually uh, going to be in, it was supposed to be in New York this summer, uh, but we'll see, it might move to remote. <laughs> and uh, real quick on the connection between yourself and Emma. So do you want to, you know, give us a little bit about, you know, how MAP went and now that you're sort of closing that chapter? Sure. So I actually just wrapped up my uh, map project in the best Owens Corning vertical, which is composites, of course. Whatever. Roofing <laughs> <laughs> is uh, where it's at. Uh, <laughs> beg to differ. Um, yeah, so we just did our final presentation this past week, and Emma was actually very involved with our team. Um, so we started, it was a strategy project looking at diverting some waste from landfill. Owens Corning has great sustainability initiatives, and it's something that, uh, as a budding rock climber, I'm very interested in. So, uh, yeah, we started that project, kind of went through, and then Emma sat down with us several times and taught us some more frameworks outside of the ones that we use at Ross and helped us with storyboarding and all of that. Very cool. So speaking of frameworks, let's get right to it. Uh, what are what are the kinds of things that you feel, you know, for, you know, Emma and Ben, that you've taken out from the MBA and actually are still using to this day? Okay, so I'll start on this one. Um, you know, there, there are a couple of things. I, for me, it's not really as much about the frameworks as it's a few of the the things that I try to remember and act on, right? So one of the really neat classes that we took was a negotiations class, and it's about trying to figure out how do you get to sort of these win-win situations. But to get there, you have to actually be open about what it is that you want and need and be willing to ask for it, right? So for me, one of the big takeaways from the MBA is you have to ask for the opportunity, you know, is it there's a meeting that you want to go to that you're not invited to? Ask, right? If there's a project team that you want to join, you should ask, right? Worst case scenario, you get told no, but best case scenario, you get to be working on something that you're really excited by. So that's the first. You know, I think another is, and, and you guys know this, right? Like the cohorts you're in are incredible and full of fascinating people with really interesting, diverse backgrounds. And so to me, one of the, the big takeaways is find the expert and ask them for help, right? And that carries into your job extremely well. I mean, and even anything in life is, I think the MBA helps teach you what you don't 
know, right? In the sense of seeing how much you don't know, not necessarily filling the gaps. And so it's this reminder to go and find those people, you know, and sort of the third thing that I thought about on this is one of the big things that I took away from the MBA is that you always have to set the context for people, right? If you look at it in terms of class, not everybody read the case or not everybody is as well versed in the case as you might be. And and that's okay, right? But you need to level set and get everybody to the same page. The goal is never about embarrassing somebody. It's about getting to the right decision. And so how do you set that context for somebody that's not thinking about the same things that you are daily, right? So for me, those are the three things that I really took away from the MBA that I try to think about regularly, right? Is asking for the opportunity, finding the expert and setting the context. One thing I love about what you said there, Emma, that was kind of a theme is I thought about uh, this question was we learned so many operational things in our MBA. Maybe you learned uh, how to manage a balance sheet for the first time or uh, you learn the basics of marketing. Lots of lots of operational things to help you run a business. But I think what stuck with me most was the relational, more so than the operational. Um, and whether it was negotiation class or uh, Wayne Baker's class that was all about how to work with people. Those relational pieces were so important. Maybe it was interacting with your map team. Maybe it was interacting with people from different backgrounds than you. I think I grew so much relationally through my MBA and learn skills, um, like presenting to a group of executives that will stay with me through life, um, even when the latest framework slips my mind. So that, that for me, the relational aspect is probably the, the biggest thing. On the operational side, I do think there are a few things that stick with me. Um, I work in marketing, so I hear Professor John Branch in the back of my mind frequently saying, what is marketing? Marketing is going to market. Uh, and just remembering the basics of marketing. And then Anil Karnani's strategies for growth was uh, my favorite class. Professor Karnani is obviously very celebrated, but um, even just recently, we were talking about growth strategies at Lessonly, and I thought about his five by three grid uh, that talks about the different kinds of acquisition and growth. And he equally as much taught, uh, coached us on who we were and how we acted in class uh, as he did... Uh, any of the material. So uh, that definitely sticks with me as well. It's also really cool to hear you guys kind of say some of that stuff because I think like, for example, going through MAP, uh, we had to interview a lot of experts uh, in the area that we were, that our project was in. And so like learning to reach out to these experts and like kind of those interactions that Ben was talking about, the relational aspect, like going through RLA and learning some of that these are all things that I'm picking up at Ross. So it's like really cool to hear that you guys are continuing to use this stuff afterwards. Uh, I think it's, it's something that seems obvious, but it's also easy to take for granted. Yeah. There's that classic phrase, iron sharpens iron. And I think that's true in this case where you're put with these really smart, talented people and talented professors who are guiding us. And it's hard not to grow operationally, but especially relationally as a result. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think when I think about that piece as well, and, you know, kind of, you know, flippantly saying not everybody has read the case, I think one of the pieces that I really liked about the weekend program is that you really 
get the chance to discover the humanity of one another and your classmates and go deeper than just like, hey, I'm a person in business school, right? I mean, because people have a full-time job, people have kids, people are training for Ironmans and doing all of these other things. And so, you know, if somebody didn't read the case, it's because it's not the most important thing happening in their life at that moment. And there's something that is you know, potentially more stressful that matters that's going on and being able to see that and acknowledge that, you know, the things that you're able to do in a week aren't the things that other people are able to do in a week. That's completely okay because we're all, you know, in like that week sometimes. And so I, I really liked that in, in the weekend program and that relational piece. Yeah, that makes me think of a story from negotiations class. And, uh, the professor designed a scenario with different groups. And what typically happened is uh, for most professors and most groups is that uh, the groups in the scenario would end up betraying each other. They would end up like selling each other out to get more fake money or something like that. And uh, what happened in our class was that uh, he said it was the first time that it ever happened where the groups actually had relational capital and trusted each other yeah. and worked together Basically, we broke the model he had set up to teach us something uh, because we had these deep relationships and bonds of trust. And I definitely think that's a testament to the weekend program. Doing every weekend with the same group of people, every class leads to deep relationships. And so I think that's uh, a significant value of a weekend MBA program like Cross. I had forgotten about that class. That is exactly right. That was so funny. There were a few of us that stood there and said, like, I will make this deal with you. I promise I am not lying to you. We will write down your name. Right. And like Ben and I and one of our other friends, Mandy, were having this conversation and we said, this is what we're putting down on the paper. Right. We're not going for the most money. I trust you. Let's make it happen. But like, seriously, the professor was floored at the outcome. Is this the one where it was by group? So it's like A, B, and C? Yes. Exactly, oh, wow. yeah. Well, Andy Hoffman was our professor, and he was a phenomenal negotiation professor. We had Shirley Kopelman, and I can tell you that we, we stuck to the model. <laughs> we thought we trusted <laughs> each other enough, but clearly. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, there was a lot of backstabbing to this day where we point out that you lied to me. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got a lot of really good stuff to look forward to for negotiations, Siraj, most yeah, definitely. Sounds fun. <laughs> um, so Ben, not to totally put you on the spot here, but I'm putting you on the spot. Um, for If you remember for 6.15, for uh, C-level thinking, decision canvas. Can I just say, your decision canvas was one of the three that was highlighted. I, I don't know if it was really at random that he was choosing the best graded ones. So he did say we'd create them, we'd store them away for about 10 years. It's only been one year. You want to tell us about the thought that went into creating that decision canvas? It's quite thorough. It's pristine. And uh, we're going to, we're, we're measuring ourselves against it. So. Wow. Thank you for publicly embarrassing me <laughs> to the thousands of listeners here. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, I think the decision canvas for me coming into my last semester was a way of thinking through what do I want to be when I graduate Ross? Who do I want to be? And I think that's an important thing to think through. For me, the decision canvas was really about thinking through some of my, um, the most important frameworks that have helped me in my life. Um, so one example is uh, a personality 
test or theory called the Enneagram that's been really important to me learning about myself um, and learning to work with a team. So I made sure that was something I took into considerations there. Uh, systems thinking has been something that my CEO at Lessonly really uh, has taught me about uh, and really prioritizing emotional intelligence, not just um, business decisions as I tried to, to get things done and decide what's best. So uh, those were some of the, the key things about my decision canvas. Thank you for your kind words about uh, the design. Got to thank Eric Svan. That was, uh, you know, for, for putting it on, on blast on the big screen back when we were still in the classroom. Um, but what, we, did we he are... put me on blast with thousands of listeners? No, <laughs> We've got to help you carry on this legacy, right? Make it even bigger. <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm honored. The thousands, Ben. Perfect. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> so that negotiations class, Emma, you were talking about the fact that you were able to trust each other and it made for this like great activity and all. I'm kind of curious how you stayed in touch with your class after graduating. One of the things, I mean, of course, we still have our group me and people jump in it, you know, maybe once or twice a week and and post something funny or something interesting that's been going on. But of course, you know, as Mawa started this at the beginning of talking about strange times with COVID, uh, on the same class schedule cycle, if you will, of every other weekend, every other Friday evening, we do Zoom hangouts. So Aww. there's a group of us from the class. So in a couple of hours, I'm going to hop on a hangout with a group of weekend MBAs that I graduated with, which is really fun. Um, you know, other than that, we had a, everybody got back together for a football game in the fall. The people that are in Detroit hang out pretty regularly. And so there are these different pockets. You'll see people popping up all over. Um, one that was really fun, I was in D.C. for New Year's and had randomly posted some photo on Instagram of, you know, out walking around. And two of my classmates saw it and sent me messages saying, hey, are you in D.C.? I'm in D.C. And so then the three of us ended up getting brunch the next day, which was fantastic, right? And so some of it is planned encounters and interactions and others just happen. And those actually, to me, are kind of more fun. Real quick, to touch on um, something you talked about earlier, uh, let's start with Ben. Here, you, you know, you talked about the, uh, the the relationship piece, right? The the relational versus operational. And I definitely see a lot of that, you know, since we're connected on LinkedIn, I see some of your posts. I see where, you know, folks are tagging you and all the wonderful, you know, little pieces that, that just bring people together. And I, and I see that and I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, how incredible, like this business that, you know, I, I can understand from the learnings piece of it, but then to go and create this whole entire brand and, you know, the games and the little llama, it's, it's a llama, right? Yes. Leslie's Lee's uh, mascot is a llama. His name is Ali Llama. Ali the llama. I mean, can you, can you speak to me more about that and, and you know, what the, what, what you guys are trying to do there within Lesson Lee and, and your piece of it? Yeah, sure. So um, Lessonly's mission on the whole, like you said, we're a company that's about learning and learning and training software, but our mission on the whole is to help people do better work. And our theory is that when you feel um, like you have clarity at work, uh, what you're supposed to do and camaraderie with the people around you, uh, you're going to do better work and live a better life. As a result, when you leave work, your life is going to be better. Um, and so uh, I am by no means responsible for the great brand of Lessonly. There's a whole team of us working hard to uh, 
do everything llama oriented we can think of, but um, the brand is bigger than just llamas and the color yellow. It's about uh, helping people embrace uh, empathy at work, really. Uh, and the idea that we're constantly growing 1% at a time, both operationally and relationally to get better. Um, so it's been a really fun journey for me. It's been fun for me to watch it grow to a couple hundred people and see just um, how it impacts people like you. So thanks for saying that. Yeah, of course. And then speaking of the, the, the way that you guys are operating, question for both of you, how are you now operating in this new normal given the, the pandemic, right? The circumstances, like look at us recording here virtually. We had never thought we were going to do this. I remember reaching out to Ben very early on and then going, hey, I may not be able to travel down there. Can we do this virtually? You know, can you add me in? And I was like, uh, not, I'm sorry, it's not, not this season. And here we are where <laughs> I've had to reach back out and say, no, Ben, actually we're going to do it virtually. You're still in. And so, yeah. So how, how are you guys, how are you guys working? Yeah, Emma, tell me what Owens Corning is doing. I work from home. I'm working, coming to you live from my closet right now. So this is where I work uh, most days. It's from my bedroom. I have three kids. So I try to hole up here and get what work done I can. But the business has pretty seamlessly uh, moved to being remote, which is great. But um, like I said, there's only a couple hundred of us. I'd love to hear how a big company like Owens Corning is doing it, Emma. Before we get to Emma real quick, though, I do want to point out for our listeners here, uh, Ben says that he's hailing from a, a, a closet somewhere, but what we see in his Zoom background here is actually the locker room. So we see the leaders in the best up on the wall back there. Uh, and uh, yeah, it looks like a very spacious closet. <laughs> I'm very committed to a good Zoom background. <laughs> I'm very committed to a good Zoom background. <laughs> I was just impressed with how much closet space I thought you had. <laughs> but <Ba-dunch. laughs> There it is. So I'm also working from home. This is week five for me of remote work. Um, you know, the thing that's been interesting is I've been able to do almost all of the same work as far as the ideas that need to move forward, but how we're doing it is a little bit different. So one of the big pieces of my job is helping with strategy sessions where we get groups of people together for what we call choices to win. And so it's bringing in cross-functional, cross-business teams to help shape strategy of figuring out where to play and how to win on some of our major growth initiatives. So since we can't be getting together a group of 30 or 40 people in a room, we've actually been reworking how do we use this system? How do we still answer these questions, but in smaller groups and doing a series of video chats with four or five people, five or six people instead of a room of 40, and then be able to take that, iterate, change, bring people back together, have another conversation. So, you know, one of the things that's really been interesting is figuring out how do you get to the same outcomes, but doing the work in a different way. We have people all around the world and, you know, we're working in different time zones. That's the thing that we've been used to. And so it's just having to expand, you know, those experiences more broadly. I I think one of the things that's going to be really interesting is how we end up coming back to work because we are such a big office. We have a couple thousand people in the office that it's not as if we'll all be able to just walk back into the office on day one. So I think the, um, 
you know, it's been interesting to see how we're operating now and how we'll operate in the future. But, you know, OC talks about being global in scope, human in scale. And that's extremely true. We're very focused on the people, making sure that, you know, people have the time that they need with their families, understanding, you know, some people are trying to have two working parents while also raising kids and teaching kids and, 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 um, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is, you know, pick up and help where we can for, for people that need a little bit of extra bandwidth. And so it's, um, it's been a really great company to work for through this and to watch the way that the leadership has been responding. One thing I want to add to that, Emma, that, um, one thing that stuck with me from what you said is I've been having conversations with a bunch of managers, fellow managers inside of Lessonly, and then those out to just kind of talk about how have we handled this uncertain time as a leader. And um, one of the interesting themes is that many people I've talked to, almost everyone said, I want to act l- more like this as a leader when I go back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost as though it calls us to uh, the better angels of our nature, as Lincoln would say, but um, it calls us to be like the best version of ourselves. So because I'm remote and doing everything via Zoom, I need to communicate more clearly. Because you went remote, you are now getting more intimate time with customers and learning more. Um, And so I really feel like um, while this time is obviously... Uh, so challenging for so many thousands and thousands and thousands of people across the globe. Um, It also is a refining time for us as leaders to figure out uh, who we are when things get hard and um, bring more of that back to the office when we return. Yeah, I was having... um... I was having a Skype conversation with one of my coworkers that's in the same development program that I am. And something that he had said about sort of how leaders should act during this um, and how he who he would want to be as a leader that stuck with me enough that I literally took a photo of my computer. Um, you know, and the message is leadership isn't reacting to your subordinates' requests. Leadership is proactively making decisions and concessions on their behalf because you intuitively know that they're having a hard time but won't ask for help right and that to me was just holy cow that's that's how we need to be leading right seeing that our team you know is stressed and someone's trying to take care of four kids and still be on all of these conference calls and deliver work but isn't going to say hey i can't do this or hey i need a hand because human nature is is about being able to expand to what the opportunity is. Um, but, but I think there's a lot that we can do as leaders to say, hey, while, while you can do that, you don't have to right now, right? Let me help. Yeah, giving permission to uh, admit weakness or be vulnerable or ask for help is so important as a leader right now. Absolutely. Yeah. As somebody who's actually had to ask for help, because as you guys remember, right, during the weekend MBA, um, you know, take that and push it into the times that we're living in right now. Uh, And Ben, I think you mentioned that you have three kids. I'm sorry. I keep feeling as though I'm calling you out, Ben, because I've (laughs) I've called your name out how many times? Keep (laughs) doing it. It's perfect. (laughs) Of course, of all this questioning, I'm not interrogating, I promise. (laughs) But uh, yeah, having three kids, uh, and then in my case right now, so my husband, he's actually, um, 
he works at an urgent care, so he's having to go out there and continue working, right? Um, but then to teach the kids and then to be putting myself, you know, online all day, every day through meetings for work and then trying to turn out, you know, quality work for the MBA. It's, it's, it's a challenge in and of itself, but it's, it's almost over with. So glad it was at the tail end versus, you know, at the beginning or, or during MAP. I mean, Suraj, you and your team, I, I commend all of you, first year students who are wrapping up MAP right now to be living through this and, and simultaneously performing, right, for, for companies that are putting uh, their trust in Ross's hands. That's incredible. Um, the other thing that we're actually working on, and it sounded very much like what you were talking about, Emma, about taking things that would normally take place in person and trying to divide it up and doing it, you know, via some virtual or, you know, using some technology, levering, leveraging some technology. For us, what we're trying to do is commencement, right? Trying to figure out the logistics for that. It's, um, it's incredible. It's like a lot of I, I think to myself, like we're finally at the stage where we have a lot of ideas of how we're going to go forward and do it. And I'm, I'm pretty excited. Um, but I think to myself, like, what, five, 10 years ago, this technology would not have been out there and is as available, right? It's just, yeah, we're so yeah, that's, that's really cool to be able to actually still come up with a way to do it remotely. One of the things that I've seen on Twitter this week is that the, uh, I think it's primarily high schools, it might be colleges as well, but there's an entire group that's trying to get Obama to give like know, the I national 2020 commencement <laughs> speech, which has been funny. I mean, I think, you know, watching Twitter and sort of what people are thinking about and trying to do right now has been one of the really um, sort of fun, uplifting pieces minus all of the you know pitfalls and disasters yeah, yeah totally but, but Siraj on that note what what's your mindset going into the second year because you've you're wrapping up map and you you know we're talking about the touchy-feely people's class right the soft skills that you you're also wrapping up um you know what, what's your mindset going into the second year yeah it's it's actually a very interesting place for me right now because I had the benefit of Emma kind of doing the MBA before I did. And we had actually connected before my MBA, before I started at Ross. So she basically told me all these things that she was involved in and, and I got to kind of cherry pick. And so I had set all these MBA goals and I found that I had hit most of them by the end of my first year because I got to like right away apply to RLA, right away apply to like the board fellowship and do all these things. And so I'm really trying to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my MBA. And that's where I'm, I think uh, I'm looking for more of those hands-on experiences like MAP. And that's why like, uh, I think I'm leaning towards classes like LBLE. Um, in terms of clubs, I'm done with recruiting. I can finally be a person again. <laughs> like, I don't have to like uh, go through that whole thing. So like, it opens up a lot of time. I think uh, when you're in recruiting, it's very easy to just like get consumed by that. But now, um, like one of the That's things so that real that is so it's real. Terrible. It's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so. I mean, it feels so good when it's done. But when you're in it, it can yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah, but I I love climbing like i said earlier and so i'm planning to start the climbing club at ross next year and oh, cool. um yeah so i'm thinking more now i'd say like on how i can take some of my mba knowledge and get hands-on while i'm still here whether that's like through zellery or through classes or whatnot uh and then the other side i'm just really thinking about the ross community and how i can 
really be entrenched in that. I think, uh, especially having gone through something like a Ross Leaders Academy and then like having lost a good chunk of my days in the winter garden with the pandemic, like, uh, it's something that I want to really incorporate into my second year is like building that community in Ross. So Ben, Emma, do you guys have any, you know, words of wisdom as we, the class of 2020, are about to embark uh, outside of our MBA experience and into the workforce post-MBA? Yeah, I think um, probably the biggest thing that um, I'm taking away from my MBA is about relationships. And so um, it's kind of been my theme this whole podcast. And so that would be my encouragement to all of you is uh, don't just go out and be great operational leaders. Um, I want that. I want you to grow in your careers and have a phenomenal career. But I also want you to care about people and uh, stay close to the class you have now. Invest in people along the way. I think leaders that invest in people are the ones who have the biggest impact. So look for ways to connect with, be empathetic, and invest in people as you head into the next stage of your career. Yeah, I mean, I I would second that entirely, right? As I I talked about earlier, one of the things that I thought was great about the weekend program is that you really get the opportunity to discover one another's humanity because there are so many things going on in life, right? Between raising kids, doing your job, going to school, doing MAP, right? All of these things. When you graduate and head out into the world, you again have to consciously make the decision to share your own humanity, right? And and actually take that time to discover someone else's as well. And that doesn't happen by accident, right? It, it has to be a really conscious decision. And so make that decision. Try to get involved in your new community in ways that are fun and exciting to you and, and really drive that relational side. You know, I think when it uh, comes to advice that you're you're getting by having Ben and and me here, it really is two people that would drive home that relational side versus the operational side more heavily than most. Um, but I mean, we really fundamentally think that it's true and and what leads to a, a better, you know, a better world and a way to do better work. In in the words of Lessonly, <laughs> <laughs> for the win. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it really, the fact that I reached out to you guys as the candidates to, you know, have here as our panelists, I think speaks volumes to the relational piece that you guys actually have to offer. It's it's incredible. And love the advice. We'll take it to heart and hopefully we'll pass it on to Siraj as we leave. Absolutely. And great work on starting a fantastic podcast. And Siraj, you're going to do a great job carrying it forward. It was great getting to work with you on MAP and really dig in on the relational side with with you and that team as well. So, uh, you know, good luck as you guys move forward and go into the world and go into second year. And as everybody thinks you're going to be the second year expert, just uh, remember how little you felt like you knew a year ago. (laughs) Thank you to you both. Appreciate it. Great work. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Ben. And thanks, Mawa, for starting such an awesome podcast. It's been a really fun way to get to know some of my classmates, and I'm really looking forward to uh, what we do next year. Awesome. All right. Well, I I do want to thank you, Emma and Ben, for coming back to provide insight on the post-MBA life. This was incredible. Uh, And thank you, Siraj, for taking up the helm. Uh, And Siraj, to you, this is not goodbye, as I do look forward 
to staying in touch and tuning in for all the programming that you're already working on. Uh, and we're happy that in addition to everything else that you're doing, uh, that you will be taking on, you know, the hosting of the podcast with you as well as the team, you know, from the class of 2021. When I launched the podcast, I did see a lack of information for part-time uh, MBA experiences. And based on the feedback from our listeners, I understand that this has created that sort of impact and it's filled some of that void. And so I, I, I will continue to tune into it to, to hear how you continue to fill that void, Suraj and team. Uh, and I want to thank on behalf of the production team to the many of the incoming class of 2022 who've already expressed interest in getting involved to actually continue the podcast. It's an amazing thing. It's an, a great inspirational feeling that I just get with, you know, the, the thought of so many folks wanting to get their hands involved in something like this. With that, Working for the Weekend is brought to you by the University of Michigan Ross School of Business. Executive producers are me, Mao Mustafa, Suraj Kandakuri, and Bob Needham. Jonah Brockman helped with editing on today's episode. Thanks again to all of our guests, and thank you for listening. Okay, now I've got to run to my last virtual class of the weekend. See you all on the flip side on Working for the Weekend. Are you ready?